Hello? Hello. Are you ready? Yes. Oh, I didn't hear you. Sorry. Let's go. Um, okay. Ready? Yep, 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 yep. Hi, this is For the Girls Podcast. I'm Nick Westrate. Hi, I'm Jason Black. This is a podcast about the fans of divas, the diva worship that is done by certain uh, illustrious members of the LGBTQ community. Yeah, this is uh, this is a queer uh, Stan Joy podcast. Sometimes it's just Nick and I fanning out on uh, some of our favorite performers. Sometimes we have a guest come on and tell us what is it all about. That's right. That's right. We have a guest come on and tell us about their fandom, walk us through their life with a diva. And that is what today is. But most importantly, before we get to our guest, who's this podcast for, Jason? Well, of course, this podcast is for Koji and Gustav. Oh, yes. This podcast is for all my Pinot Grigio girls. This podcast is for grown-up monsters? Mm. Or more grown-up monsters? I really want to talk about how old, old our, mo- our old monsters are. All ages of monsters. This is a podcast for all of my lovely Germanatas. This is a podcast for people not named Alice. This is a podcast for free women. Who do we have? What free woman do we have right now in our midst? The free woman we have is Ben Yar, actor, internet comedian, and lip syncer extraordinaire and Twitter boo of mine. Hi, Ben. Hi, Ben. Hi, guys. Welcome. (laughs) What are we talking about today? Who's your diva? We're talking about Mother Monster herself, Lady Gaga. (laughs) We're finally here. We're finally at the shores Uh. We're taping this on Sunday. We're going to the church of, of we're going to the church of Mother Monster, the Electric Chapel, if you will. She became the Pope the other day. I mean, I'm so excited. This just gives me a really good outlet to talk about this for 90 minutes because my partner is very sick of hearing about it. So here we are. Oh wow! Do you have? We talk about that a lot. That we have our friends. Like this podcast is literally their worst nightmare. Us talking about Devo. <laughs> Do you have friends who are like, we can't talk about Lady Gaga anymore? Absolutely. And I have my Lady Gaga friends. Like, I have this few friends that, like, whenever there's a Gaga-related piece of news or information, like, that's who I go to share those things with. And there are other friends that have zero interest in that. What do you call a, a gathering of monsters? Do you call it a coven? Do you call, What do you call that group? Uh, I, I mean... A pride, a gaggle of monsters. <laughs> a coven's a good one. Let's 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 stick with that. I like that. A coven of monsters. Okay, I have this first question. I told Jason that I was really excited to ask you. What? Okay, so we were in. We've been through all of this in this past year, and the lockdown started across the world, and your diva swept in and flew you to a new planet called Chromatica right at the beginning of it all. What happened there? What did you find? I found my sci-fi Power Rangers fantasy. That's what I found. Mm. That, first, that video, that video, I was like, yes. Yeah. Stupid love. I was like, She just like burst back in and I was like, this is campy. It's ridiculous. It's like a little bit like, like it reminded me of like the, old school Star Trek, you know what I mean? When it was a little bit like paper mache rocks in Christmas lights, mm-hmm. like, like really low budge, even though of course that was very 
high veg. There was just like a goofiness and carefreeness that I loved. And it's just, it's fun as a super fan to see your artist have a good time. Mm. You know, especially someone like Gaga, who's like been through a lot when you in, you know, emotionally, mentally, when you see her like in her element, really doing what she's supposed to do, it feels great. So I think it's good to talk about you, but I want to talk about me and how I listened to that album. Um, When it came out, you know, we were in the doldrums and I knew that it was supposed to lift my spirits, but I don't think I was ready for it because now that I've, I'm, I'm, I'm getting back into it. I think it is probably her masterpiece for me. It's just, it is so great being like that. It's like, this was the, this was a thing so that we could go on our red solo cups to have like before the party and after the party Well, you could play this album the whole mm. way through at a house party to get you pumped up. I didn't, I could just imagine, you know, and then, and then now we get this and we're alone. I know it's really, it's very painful to think about the experiences we would have had listening to this album in a non COVID world, just like, you know, off our tits on the dance floor, just like going nuts. Like, that's what this album deserved. But it's what you just said. Like, it got me, especially, I don't know about you guys, it got me through that first chunk of quarantine as my dance party at home, you know? Right. So, I to think bring it, you that joy. Yeah, it still did its job, but yeah, it still hurts. Like, those videos that we've seen of the gays in Australia, like, going nuts to Chromaticon in the club, like, it, like I, my soul shatters when I see that. Okay, maybe we're gonna get to do that for Pride. Like I don't know, but maybe or fingers maybe. crossed. Okay, what would be the song from Chromatica that you would want to hear on the dance floor? What's the first one? I have mine. Nick, do you have yours? Yes. Well, that's see. I feel like the song I would want to hear out, like with the girls, might be different than what is just my favorite song on the album. I don't think they're necessarily the same. I I mean, honestly, I think the first one I want to hear when we're just jumping around being silly is rain on me. I just want to hear, you know, it's the one that most people will know the words to. It has Ariana like that. I feel like is a group experience. And I want to have that like jumping around with, Lots of people. I love that when the song comes on and everyone just stops and it's like collective it's like, across oh, the room. Right. Just like if you were in line for the bathroom, you're not anymore. You're gonna no. pee in your pants. <laughs> yeah. Or you're gonna rain on yourself. Rain on me. Rain on myself. I didn't ask for a free ride. I only asked you to show me a real good time. Rain, rain. 
and so what's your favorite? My favorite song on the album is Enigma. Mm. So good. I love that song so much. The That pre-chorus, we could be lovers. Just like, we could be lovers. Even just tonight, we could be anything you want. We could be jokers right till the daylight. We could break all of our stigma. I'll be your enigma. I'll be your enigma. I'll be your enigma. I'll be your enigma. It's so like like 90s to me and I when she gets into that like real chesty like roar ski belt it's yes. my everything yeah oh I was saying to Jason it's like she huh, so many thoughts she is one of those true genre hopping redefining herself divas like all the time and we have been through a big gaga evolution since art pop, like from Joanne or from cheek to cheek to Joanne to star is born. She's shown us all these different facets of herself that we knew were there, but she hadn't like blown up yet. And then with this, she goes back almost to the very beginning to be like, Oh no, I'm the pop superstar. You all fell in love with. Let me give you a full cohesive album of bop, 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 bop. I'd say her most cohesive since born this way. Really? Yes. Nick, what's the album that you're bopping to when, when you're on that dance floor? What's the song? Free Woman. Free That's Woman. That's mine. I want it remixed. I want it remixed. Like, I, I, I want it just tweaked up enough. But yeah, who doesn't want to just be a free fucking woman? free Do you remember what it, um, it was like a TikTok sensation, just like the instrumental leading. And it was like, mm, th- mm, th- mm. it was like, there's a sort of like drop into this heavy thing. So people used it as like a, almost like the Chromatica 2 to 911 thing. Like, um, this thing where they would like sort of start stumbling and then start strutting. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. That was like a big thing on TikTok for a minute. That is from the unreleased version of Babylon. That's just like gonna be killer. So let's hope we get it. I mean, the list of like 
oh, we're going to get this, 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 and this from Gaga that we never got is this long. It's the very long list. When they release, like you're talking like career retrospective wise, when uh, from her whole career. You yes, know. yes. From the beginning, there's always like, there's always been like, I bet she, she's, you know, like Art Pop Act 2 is like, yeah, didn't things like that. A second album to Art Pop? Yeah, she kept like yes. referencing for like a couple months, and you're like, "What's happening?" She mentioned that a bunch of times. There's a there's a very long list of things like the Venus music video was shot but never released. It was like, "You guys, come on!" Oh, I loved that video you sent us of her doing Venus, Venus live. That was like the only time, one of the only times that wasn't like on tour. Fuck, which where she reveals that she invented the entire solar system. Correct. That's right. That's right. Teach that in schools. That's that's called science. Okay. Neptune. Go. Now it's our Saturn. Jupiter. Mercury. Venus. Uranus. Don't you know my ass is famous? So Ben, we're just all meeting for the first time. Tell us about yourself. Where are you from? I am originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is a place. Mm-hmm. And I moved to New York when I was 18, I guess, to go to college. I went to NYU for musical theater. I studied at Cat 21, where Lady Gaga studied. Yes. What year did you move to New York? If you want, can you reveal that? You sure. Want me to that? I mean, <laughs> everyone. Well, I- yeah, tell us because I it's I'm not like, a secret. I'm old. Everyone, my followers know I'm an old haggard crone, and that's okay. Are you but, older than these haggard crones? As we pray, because <laughs> I'm um, like, because I feel okay. Here's the thing: I feel like a little, like I think Lady Gaga wait, happened. Answer this question first. No, but I, I want to say this. I think Lady Gaga happened, and I feel like I was like, I feel like I want to reach out to the younger monsters. Like I feel like I was a little older. Uh, when her influence was spreading. So I'm like, were you well, one this of was those all, monsters? This was all the same time. I moved, I was ni- 18 or 19. Um, it was 2008. She, it was, she was, she had just released Just Dance. Right. She had just released her first single. So that was before I moved to, like the summer leading up to my freshman year of college is when she released Just Dance. And that was like my summer everything. Like that was like my favorite song of the summer. And um, yeah, I'm 31. So that, so I don't, I was 18 when I first met her and here and been there ever since. I'm, I'm kind of Gaga's age. I have friends who are at cap with her. Like I was in school. I started college in New York in 2002. Gotcha. So for me, I'm, I'm, but with similar kind of vibe, like 
for me, be going to clubs post graduating college and being what I felt like was an adult gay person in New York, Gaga was the soundtrack to all of that. Yes, yes, you know, sure, absolutely. So, so you hear just dance, and then you move to New York, and then how does the how does it evolve? How does your fandom begin? So, and start happening? actually, before I even just heard the song, the first my first ever introduction to her was when she perf- when she did just dance live on so you think you can dance oh, oh. that was wow. one of her first tv appearances in Love the states and she did just dance my friend sent it to me and was like who is this chick and she had her weird like geometric shapes and her sh- like you know hood and like glasses and the disco stick and her choreography was very like you know i'm a theater kid i was doing I was training in musical theater my whole life so like it was just so clear that she was a theater kid too she was doing her like pot of berets and like jazz hands like literally in that choreography and there was just something that clicked something about her was so edgy and new and fashion I I you know obviously I was hooked immediately so I moved to New York I was actually like no one at CAP or NYU knew about her and I, until I told them. I was the one who told them about her. I went up to my ballet teacher one day. This was when um, Poker Face had come out. So it was like climbing the charts and it was like very popular. And I asked my ballet teacher, I was like, do you remember this student that went here a few years ago named Stephanie Germanata? And she was like, yeah, yeah, I do. She was a really good singer, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, she is. Uh, did you know she's one of the biggest pop stars in the country right now? And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah. And I literally took out my iPhone and played Poker Face video. And she was like, her draw was on the floor. Like no one, no one knew. It was like, she had kept it so secret. Well, she, I mean, she, it completely changed identities, you know? Exactly. And, and especially that earlier part of her career, like, she didn't even like say her real name and stuff. Like she she was so guarded and, you know, sort of, I don't know if hiding is the right word, but like protecting herself behind the Lady Gaga shield. That it it makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Like always talk about building a mystery on this show. She was, and I, cause it was like, it's kind of like what Sia then did. Right. Mm. I, I remember having so many conflicting feelings too, being like, Oh, I love the song. Oh, that's that Lady Gaga person. Oh, that's the person who wears the outfits just to get noticed. Oh, I don't think that. Uh Like I was, I remember like ping ponging with her so much, which is I think intentional on her part. Like she was provoking. She was pulling you in. Oh, brilliant. I'll never forget. It makes me think of that Anderson Cooper interview where she said, I've become an expert in the art of fame. Understand that you're very you studied. I mean, you mm-hmm. you were a student of of music. You're a student of, of fashion, but you're a student of fame in a way. One of my greatest artworks is the art of fame. Uh, I'm a master of the art of fame. Yes, it's very it's very that. It's very like I know how to get the attention I need to make me famous, and then you're looking at like okay, so like yeah, I'm naked or whatever. You're looking at me. Here's my art. You're paying attention. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very, is that the same interview where she talks about having a penis? There was that rumor where that, that you had a male appendage, that you were a herma- hermaphrodite, and you, you joked about it on the stage last night. Maybe I do. 
But but it's interesting. Would it be so terrible? But it's interesting. A lot of artists would immediately put out some sort of a statement saying this is absolutely not true. You have fun with it. Why the hell am I going to waste my time and give a press release about whether or not I have a penis? My fans don't care, and neither do I. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the interview when when Anderson Cooper decides to ask her about the hermaphrodite room. Yeah, yeah. She, he wasn't the only one. Barbara Walters asked her that too. Jesus Christ. So, I mean, it seems like a different world. Like, I cannot believe that was a thing. It's crazy. But her answer is so perfect. I know. Like, it's like an ahead of its time almost answer. Like, yes. Really, really. And she's like eating like some Jolly Rancher thing that she's spitting in and it's out of ice. her mouth. It's a ice. 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 Yeah. Yes, because she was iconically dieting or something. I don't know. It was like she's just eating her ice chips. I try to remember which cycle that was. I was that like Fame Monster time or Born This Way time. I don't remember because if it was Fame Monster time, that was like she was real skinny, like scary skinny. Back when she was just always in those teeny little underwear to perform mm-hmm, mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so you tell your dance teacher about. Uh, they have a big hit on their hands. They sure did. You should put this in the brochure. <laughs> this, so, might get some, this might get some kids to the yard. Oh, believe me, it was in the brochure five minutes later. Uh, <laughs> literally, it was. She um, was a brochure. They were taking credit for that. She, I was like, you guys, she was here for a semester. Like, let's relax a little bit. So anyway, one of the first things I did... Because as a new New York lady, and I was like, I, I had a lot of delusions of grandeur back then. Um, and I saw that um, Lady Gaga was doing an album release event at the... Virgin Megastore? Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. The Virgin Record Store in Union Square. Rest rip, in peace. Rest, may she rest. Now, Best Buy. We'll get back to her because <laughs> I also did another Gaga thing there. Um, so I went to the Virgin Records store and there was this somewhat long line actually of like, you know, teens trying to go in to see Lady Gaga. I don't know how I did this. I had such confidence back then. I don't know. Like I said, delusional. Um, I went up to the front of the line and I sort of like found this group of people and I was like, I'm going to be friends with you. And I just like decided I was their friend. And I started remember talking to them oh my God. and like, I don't even remember exactly what happened, but I was I able they to look at their phones. I bet that's why. I mean, I, I'm sure I talked to them and I somehow was like, I love this about you. And like, was able to just like <laughs> become friends with them. And I cut the whole line and somehow that worked. I don't know if they had an extra wristband or whatever the situation was. I was able to scam my way to the front and we got got in. It was really small. I say there was like 60 people, 70 people. Like it was really small in just into the like lobby area. Gaga performed Just Dance, Poker Face, Beautiful Dirty Rich, and I think Starstruck. She crowd surfed. I held her butt in my hand as what? she as she crowd surfed. And then I got to talk to her for one second. You know, while she signed, she I dropped her in the crowd, and I said, <laughs> I and "I was like, do you want to talk? Do you want to no, dance?" No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she signed albums after, so I got to be like, "Hi, Lady Gaga. Um, like, I go to Cap Twenty One just like you did." 
<laughs> and, and she was like, oh, who do you have for acting class? And I told her, and then she was like, oh, cool. She was like, tell Larry Arancio I said hi. That was who she had for acting. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I will. And she signed my album. And this sort of comes back full circle because I she had probably somewhat forgotten about Larry Arancio, her acting teacher. And I reminded her that time. And then two years later, or three years later, for Born This Way, my friends and I slept outside Best Buy overnight to get into that album signing. We camped out. And so I got to see her again and get Born This Way signed. And while she was doing, when I was getting my picture taken with her, I have I have one picture with Lady Gaga where I'm like going like this next, you know, the monster's claw next to her. And I said, hi, Lady Gaga. Like, we actually met a few years ago. Um... I go to Cap 21 and, and I told you that and you asked me to tell Larry Orancio that you said hi. And she was like, well, did you? <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, I did tell him. And then right after that, like I said, she probably forgotten about him. Right after that, she flew him, Larry Orancio, to LA to be her private acting coach for her VMA's performance as Joe Calderon. Oh. When she did... Remember that night where she was... I love that performance. When she was Joe Calderon the whole night, like even not performing, you know, like red carpet, the whole thing. He was her acting coach for that. She even had, she like, she did a monologue. Hey! My name is Joe Calderon. And I was an Aunt Gaga. Yeah, her. Lady Gaga. And then the guys, meaning me, I'm one of the guys, we get crazy. I did, I got crazy. But she's crazy too, right? So I take credit for that. I imagine you writing out your histories with like time dating sounds like, I did this. I, was, I, I held her butt during crowd surfing, which changed the trajectory of crowd surfing. Um, it's so funny because when we were doing, the, Nick and I talk about kind of on this podcast, we kind of do, um, you know, divas that have been around for a, lo- a little bit longer. There's just more history. There's just more uh, people having experiences in this. And I was like, oh, that, but Lady Gaga's okay because she's been around for 20 years for me. And then I looked and I was like, wait a minute, you fool. You're older than Lady Gaga. Like I'm a year older than Lady Gaga and it's just now been 10 years. And, and the amount of stuff that she has done has filled up so much space, so much cultural space in my head that I just imagined it was so much longer. It's 2009. Wow. It's it's been like 12 years. Yeah. It's crazy. She has fit so much in there. I tried to say I was Lady Gaga's age. That is not true. I'm older than, way older than Lady Gaga. You're older than the. I'm when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, like this person has commanded so much for so long. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's. And then also talking about like you know Nick and I were kind of talking about like is Lady Gaga like one of the last remaining gay kind of diva icons that we have but then also like one of the last icons of generation where you would go to virgin records and get her cd Mm -hmm. absolutely she was the first one and i think one of the only ones to do it as successfully that straddled 
the end of the physical music age into the streaming age. Yeah. Hmm. You know, back when it was like iTunes, you know, when like before Spotify and Apple music, it was like either go buy my CD or like, you know, my singles available on iTunes. Like those were your options. Yeah. I don't think everyone handled that transition as gracefully. No, or as shrewdly. I mean, I think she's also a very, very shrewd business person. I, I like that question though, Jay, because there was something, there's something about Lady Gaga that we needed at the time that especially gay people needed that we maybe don't need as much anymore. I'm not saying that things are all peaches and cream for everyone in the community. I'm just saying it was kind of, the world is so much more open now and there's lots more, there's so many, you have access to so many other people and artists because of the internet. Gaga was really this light, this beacon for the freaks. Absolutely. I think that's, I mean, one of the questions you sent me ahead of time was like, why do queer people love her? And she arrived so loudly and so uniquely and so just sort of othered from the get go, even without her ad, her you know activism and stuff i think that enough was plenty for queer people to be like yes this bitch is like out there she's an alien and she's proud of it and she you know hangs her freak flag high and i can get behind that and then of course you add the level of you know the volume of her activism for the lgbtq community and it's like i mean what else could you ask from somebody and really, like, one of the, I don't know if I can even think of another gay anthem as huge, amazing, important, kind of perfect as yeah. Born This Way. I mean, it's it's borderline, like, on the nose. It's just, like, 100%. That's what it's about. It doesn't matter if you love him or capital H-I-M-M-M-M. Put your paws up, cause you were born this way, baby. I mean, that video you sent us too, she comes out of this egg, like she's hatched out of an egg wearing this amazing hat. It's the campus, it's camp, and it's science all at once. Mm-hmm. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. She pulled my hair, put my lipstick on. In a glass of purple There's nothing wrong with loving who you are, she said, cause he made you perfect, babe. So hold your head up, girl, and you'll go far. There's nothing to say. I'm beautiful in my way, cause I make no mistakes. I'm on the right track, baby. I was born this way. Don't let yourself in regret. I mean, she, because she, she, you know, and she always talks about these roots. She came, she came from the cabaret scene in New York. And so I think for a lot of kids, kids like me from the Midwest, you would see all of these club kids back in the day on talk shows. Right, right, right. Do, right, do right. you know what I mean? You would see mm-hmm. party monsters mm-hmm. on Jenny Jones and you would mm-hmm. see them on, and that's, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, this is the gay aesthetic. This is uh, the revolution. This is the thing. And then it kind of 
nothing happened. You know, like there was no artist that took the mantle until Lady Gaga. And she's like, okay, I'm going to bring this queer aesthetic, this Terry Mugler aesthetic into the, back into the pop culture and completely own it and completely say like, you know, she's very, very insistent that she is pure New York. You know, like she's pure her roots. Like this is the thing. These are the influences. These are the things that informed her. Yeah. And very much I was born this way. Be a drag, just be a queen. Don't be a drag, just be a queen. Don't be a drag, just be a queen. Give yourself prudence and love your friends. Subway can't rejoice the truth. And the religion of the insecure. I must be myself, respect my youth. A different love is not a sin. get those really, really self-love feelings. I get all of the gay feelings still when I listen to that song. <gasps> that song is the gym anthem it's of timeless. my life. I mean, I'll never forget what, hearing it for the first time. I was living in the East Village at the time, and, it, and I was one of those, and I've done it many times before and since, where you stay up till after midnight so like you can hear it the new whatever watch the new video like the second it's available Mm. it was spiritual it was borderline religious hearing it for the first time there is something about that song to me and you know what when she did the the performance i sent you she full-on does make it spiritual like there's the organ and the slower breakdown of like the last end of the bridge in that grammy performance that it really was like going to church gay church She, and she knows that. I remember when that song came out, she was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. And she encores with it still, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think, I think she <laughs> also like talk about like someone who's very aware, like she knew like this, this is it. This is, this is a, this is the song that will define me and define a generation. Also the one that she did on the suit, when she does it on the Super Bowl, I got really, really teary at her kind of like wrapped spoken part. Yeah. Me you too. know,
and she can keep expanding that to be more inclusive and more inclusive. And it seemed like she was the first pop artist to get what inclusion meant. And, and, and say it like, not just, a, no, not just be there for your gay fans. Like so many of the ladies before her have been, mm-hmm. but to be so just like gay, I'm going to look, look at me in the eye. I'm saying it gay people like like with clarity and precision i love gay people you know like <laughs> nick what's the clip obama i know that you're listening are you listening yes can you hear us <laughs> <laughs> classic She's so dramatic. She's so dramatic. I saw the Joanne uh, tour at City Field. This is my, I, I really, really love Lady Gaga. I wouldn't call myself, I'm, I'm a, a fan. Monster. I'm not, You're not a monster, baby. I'm not a little monster, but I'm definitely a fan in that I was jogging one day listening to Joanne and I was like, fuck, I want to see this tour. I re- And then I went, oh, it's probably in New York pretty soon. Looked on my phone. It was in New York that night. And so I was like, oh, shit, bought two tickets. They were still available somehow on my phone and then just started calling people. My friend Mallory came with me. We had amazing seats because we we were just back far enough that we were under the overhang. <laughs> and it started to rain. It rained oh, on you. Oh, my God. Did she fucking stop? No, no, Please. no, no, no. The hydraulic stop, some of the dancers. She was out there on this grand piano fucking smashing it away drenched in her underwear, wailing for the gods. It was heaven. Yeah, a Gaga live show is a deep experience. What have you seen? For sure. Um, lots of things. Um, <laughs> so the very first I told you about at the Virgin Records store. Yes. Um, and then my I went to... Those, that record store was like, was that called the promotion? Because uh, like when I was looking her stuff up, she also did promotional tours where she would do these like five songs or six songs. I don't I know. Don't, that was like, that, honest, that's kind of gone away, you know, where you promote an album. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you go in front of like an all. Kind of. This was like the end, another end of the era age kind of thing of being like, I've got a new album. I'm going to sing five of these tracks. Right. To get you pumped. That sort of did go away. She sort of brought it back with that Joanne. Um, like bar crawl or whatever she called it. Yeah. When she went to those few, like very small, um, like club bar, whatever. Dive, dive. It was like the dive bar bar tour. That's what I was. Thank you. Thank you. So that was, that had sort of had that feel to it. That was the first thing. And then I went to see, I don't even think this was called the fame ball yet. Maybe it was, I don't remember. Like the really early iteration of her touring the first album. I saw her at like, Terminal Five or one of the one of the smaller New York venues, and then I think I might have seen one or two of those. And then when the Fame Monster came out in the Monster Ball, the first iteration of the Monster Ball was in theaters, so I saw that at Radio City Music Hall. Mm. Mm. I didn't see, and this is something that I regret. I did not see the version of the Monster Ball that came after that. That was like. When she, the biggest moment when she started to do like full, I don't know if it was stadiums yet or 
just like, I don't know, whatever's the next thing after theater, when she expanded, that's when she added like all these extra huge um, scenic elements. There was this giant like angler fish that she sang that was there during paparazzi that like ate her. So I never got to see that live, which haunts me, but. (laughs) You have it all on YouTube though, right? True. Yes. It's all available. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. Oh, paparazzi and possibly my favorite. So good. Gaga song of all time. Of all time? Uh, maybe. I mean, that video you sent us is really ama- is, uh, incredible at the VMAs. I mean, that that was a landmark moment in her career. Don't Killing herself, hanging herself up. Like, it's such an interesting, it's it's just so, it's full circle, this idea of fame and her being an icon and then her being eaten by the same fans who she loves so much. Like, there's a there's a weird logic to that song for me that I love. Yeah, absolutely. And that moment, I think, for the world, you know, to, for the population watching her, that was a big transitional moment from, like, oh, this blonde girl who wears silly things, like, because she wants to be famous, to like, oh, no, like, she really has something to say. I think there was, like, a a weight to that performance that you can, and you can see it, like, in the audience reactions after she, you know, is, like, hanging there dead, and, like, the audience is applauding, and it shows that people in their faces are, like, a little bit, like, confused, but also, like, affected. Like, you can tell that, like, this wasn't just, like, some fun, like, pop jam. It was, like, they... It was a moment. I remember around that time. So yeah, because you know, for me, it was like, oh, she's she's the new she's the new pop princess. She's yeah, it was poker face. Up po- until it, then, yeah, it was poker. But but then I heard her take poker face and play it like in a on the piano at like some radio station. Do you know what I'm talking about? She kind of has this like kind of bobbed wig, and I and I was like, oh my gosh! And she slowed it down, changed the arrangements. I want to hold them like they do in Texas plays Fold them, let them hit me, raise it, baby, stay with me Love game, intuition, play the cards with spades to start And after he's been hooked, I'll play the one that's on his heart Oh, 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 oh,
I'm hot Show him what I've got Oh And I was like, whoa, this person can wail and sing and reconstruct like what I thought was just a bop into this. And that was my thing. of, And, you know, that's so shitty to be like, oh, you're you're not an artist if you just do pure like pop. Uh, you're an artist if you can play the piano and sing. But I guess I had no idea that Gaga could do all of that. And that completely changed my perspective. Well, when I nice. saw, do you know what video I'm talking about, Nick? Yeah. yeah. I think I know what video you're talking about too. And it's, it was nice as an early fan to have those videos in your pocket when people are like exactly. not taking her seriously. And I got to be like, she's a musician. You know what I mean? I got <laughs> to be like this. You know what? You know what I mean? <laughs> I have been doing that for many years. I don't. Ha- I haven't had to do it as much in the past, you know, recent years. But for those early moments, it was like, no, she is a, a performance artist. Like you, you just don't understand. <laughs> She's a songwriter, right? She is a songwriter, and that's why she can rearrange and reinterpret all of her songs so well because she wrote them. And it's like when she's pre and pre Taylor, she's like one of the first big pop stars who's writing all of her music. And it's like, I was, I keep adding to this list, but I was like, she is Madonna and Cher and Elton John and Bowie and Stevie Nicks and Carol King. Like she has elements of all of those. It's crazy. She is a mosaic of references. Yes. And that's why I'm so obsessed with what she did for Vegas. I just, for the first time, watched all of the piano and jazz concert. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that so like she literally was like, look, look what I, I can do the enigma, right? Which is when she started getting into going to another planet and being, you know, uh, the space monster of anime lady, <laughs> anime yeah. lady with that, with that kind of power ranger hair. And then she completely flips it and comes out as this like gorgeous chanteuse where she doesn't use any pyrotechnics at all. She does do a couple amazing costume and wig changes, of course. But even that's not even just, she doesn't even let that really distract you from the fact that she can do a two-hour-plus concert of just singing standards and then some reinterpretations of her songs. I was just like, I, I was bowled away seeing it. Did you see that concert? Um, I No, I not live. I mean, I, I didn't get to go to Vegas, but... It's everything, right? It's incredible. I mean, which, and it sort of brings me to how I feel about cheek to cheek in general. Oh, wait. Do you think? Yes. And how Tony Bennett saved, I think they sort of saved each other in a very beautiful way. Art pop was a really rough time. (laughs) Yeah. For, I mean, I'm sure, obviously for her, but like for fans too. (laughs) Wow. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I said to my partner, Nick, before I started this, I was like, listen, I stuck with her through art pop. Okay. Like okay. I, I am an authority. I'm allowed to talk. I like, I, I was having a little bit of imposter syndrome of like, what if I don't know enough? And then I was like, no, you know enough about this. I battled art pop to be with you. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a tough time. I mean, the headlines were just like, she's over. Her career is over. Oh, she's like, you know, it was fun while it lasted, but you know, what went wrong? And you're so with how good a miscalculation that mm-hmm. was. The downfall of Lady Gaga. Like there were so many, it, it was just really tough. So that felt like having to defend her against like much heavier criticism and doubt. And then the smartest thing in the world was her, for her to turn around and be like, did you not realize that I'm a world-class singer? And I think that had to do with her... I'm sure there were tons of factors, but she got, um, she broke up with, what's his name, that horrible manager. Bobby Campbell became her manager post-Art Pop. And I think that is just the beginning of what I call, like, mission, make Lady Gaga a living legend. Mm. I think that became the plan at that point. At least that's what happened. But I assume it was intentional because it became very, like, okay, so Art Pop was very, so far out there and experimental and like rageful and just rebelling against so much that people were like, people were sort of attacked by it. And I don't, and I think that unless, you know, you also were in a space like that, I understand why some, you know, casual fans were like, I can't hang with this. So I think the goal after that was like, we're going to show the world that you're a real person behind the facade and that you have real craft and artistry, you know, which her real fans knew already. But I'm saying, like, we're going to show the common man right. that you have all of this going for you. So that all started with Cheek to Cheek. And it was amazing, obviously. And she sounds, you know, glorious in all those songs. That cover, that cover with that, like, amazing curly black sh- wig. Her uh, share hair. That share the, hair is so yes. exciting to me. That I mean, that's what she's bang, bang she with that need hair. In a big way, because I'm a standards queen. Her lush life on this album, like, ripped that song, which I love, from all these other divas. And I was like, this might be my version of that song. Life is lonely again. Awful again, a truffle of hearts could only be a A week in Paris could ease the bad of it. All I care is to smile.
quality that I feel that Amy Winehouse kind of shared. And I feel like there was this, if it was as effortless for Gaga to sing that song as, I don't know, someone else who can sing it effortlessly, I don't know that it would be as powerful to hear. But when someone like Gaga or Amy Winehouse sings a song in its work, both emotionally and vocally, mm-hmm. there's it does something to you. It digs to a deeper level, I feel. You hear the agony in their voices. It's not about range. It's not about the belting the highest note possible. It's it's just the quality, the I was going to say grittiness. I don't know if that's the right word, but something. Raw. It's like raw. There's something raw about Lady, you know, it's it's like people say the word ugly because it's not beautiful and beautiful. We mean like a Celine Dion. Oh my God. Celine Dion at the Enigma concert is my everything. Everything. Yeah, every every single moment. Every single time I need a smile, I will watch. <laughs> Stand dancing to Gaga. Um, And I, I do. I think, and, and I really appreciate that Gaga will go and just like l- rip a note out of her child. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So the- it's something she has in common with our diva, with our diva Bette Midler, and mm. that there's a cost to the singing. I feel this way about Judy Garland. I feel this way about Edith Piaf. There's a cost. Yes. And there's that thing when she goes for a key change, you're like, please make it, please make it. And when she does, you're like, yes. You know, it's true because watching her concerts, I've never seen a live one, but watching her concerts, I am exhausted. And then by the end, when she does the encore, it's like, I hope you can survive the night. Like, <laughs> I really hope you will be able to. And then the idea that she just turns around and does does this again. And then I was like, OK, I want to chill. Like I said, I want to watch the piano and jazz. And it's not chill. Like, she's not she's not phoning in. <laughs> Yes, this, there's nothing chill about it. You should listen to her do the um, Somebody to Watch Over Me. She sustains this note, and people just start clapping. Although he may not be the man some girls think of As handsome to for what she's she's doing. I already know what note it is. Because one time, that was one of, wow, that just sparked a memory in me that I didn't even know I had. Um, Hi. She performed, I think it was Good Morning America. This was like early days. This was like bad romance promotion. And she started it by singing Someone to Watch Over Me before and it like I, I i hope i'm not conflating this but i'm pretty sure it started with 
someone to watch over me and then went into bad romance. And it was like this, it was a wild moment, especially for the theater gaze. We were like, oh, oh. it was like overstimulating. I feel like I was like malfunctioning. theater gayness of it all because (laughs) as three theater gays uh let's talk about it i sometimes think there are other uh women in show business who get branded as theater divas or something and for me when they do that with gaga it's for all the best reasons She is dramatic. She has the vocabulary she loves storytelling she's just the the costumes She's got the costumes, the spectacle of it, yes. the spectacle. And, but most of all, she's sincere and her sincerity, sincerity is something that usually bugs me about people. But with Gaga, I'm like, no, she's actually, she's so sincere because she's working on something. She's working on her audience in a certain way. And it's about being open hearted. It's about bringing joy. And I always love it from her. I love her sincerity. Yeah. It's not, her sincerity, her vulnerability is not cloying. It's not like over sweet. There's, there's a unpolished quality to it of like, it's kind of what you said, like when it's not pretty, they say it's ugly. Like there is a lot of ugliness in trauma and unresolved stuff that is revealed through her work and not even just through her work, just she talks about it openly. So I feel like there is that sort of, the relatability doesn't just come from her being like self-deprecating and like, you know, goofy. It's like, it's, it's, it's her just being open with like, I am struggling like everybody is struggling. I'm obsessed talking about the architecture of her career, you know, her career from art pop, right? Cause art pop was when they're like, you canceled, uh, this Mm -hmm. is too much. Um, you push too far, you know, you try too hard. And then she starts recalibrating with doing the American Psalm book. With Tony, Tony, our prayers are out to you uh, uh, in your battle. Oh, Alzheimer's. love you, Tony D. Um, and then right after that, she does kind of the next law. I, I think smart, you know. So the, and that's so funny because everyone does want to break down her career as this kind of construction. And so I guess like the next thing that she rebuilds, right, is Joanne, the singer songwriting album. You know, where it refocuses her talent in this very where it's kind of where the vocals are more up front, everything's, what, acoustic, more stripped down. I mean, Angel Down. The Angel Down work tape, that's my jam. Oh, yes. I confess I am lost in the age of the social on our knees. Take a test to be loving and grateful. Shots were fired on the street by the church where we used to meet angel down angel down bar 
Before jo- right before Joanne, I think one critical thing that we yeah, um, I must mention, and I feel like I <laughs> included it in my homework, she did the Sound of Music medley at the Oscars. Oh, yes! yes. That yes, was yes. a huge deal. And it was such, it was, you know how I said like that VMA's paparazzi where she bled was like a landmark moment? The Sound of Music medley at the Oscars was another landmark moment where so many people, so many just of the commoners and the just woke up and were like, whoa, like she can sing. I did not know who knew. Why did no one tell, tell me she had a voice like that? She's had to do certain things like over and over for people to, for it to sink in, I feel. So just cheek to cheek wasn't enough. So she did the Oscars thing and people were like, holy shit, her voice is so good. Never looked better. She looked gorgeous, but like very a Vita Perone kind of right, like yeah, just like a beauty and a just yeah, just like a, a beam of light. But it wasn't like you know too much for the you know moms and dads at home. It was still just appropriate for the setting, and she sounded incredible.
hugged Julie Andrews after. That was it was so brave of her to do to march onto like the biggest, yeah. biggest stage in the world, <laughs> sing the most iconic songs in front of Julie the- Andrews. <laughs> Right, by the greatest singer to ever live, arguably. And what kills me about this performance is how she ends it on the word dream. feel little Stephanie Germanata's dream has come true. Oh, that is the emotional. <laughs> and her dreams, because I realize even in that, she lets us live our Oscar fantasy. Uh, so much of what she does is mm. kind of the fantasy that we didn't know we had. Like, yeah, if I go to the Oscars, I want to sing a Sound of Music medley, looking like looking like freaking Elsa's dream princess scape, you know, <laughs> gigantic dress kind of, like, it's like she takes, she elevates what we didn't know we could have in our head. <laughs> it's funny like, you oh, say I that. I want to be like that. It's funny you say elevate that what we didn't know in our head because when I was in college, I took this incredible course on, it was called erotics. It was, but it was, it was, I don't know. It was about a ton of things. And like a lot of that involved different performers and eroticism and whatever. But so there was a whole segment of the class that was about Lady Gaga. And this was very early. This was like still f- like fame monster time. And we were, she was already being like talked about in college courses. And of course I was like, I, I will be, you know, <laughs> I will be steering these conversations. Thank you so much. everyone. <laughs> you know, like attendance is mandatory. Um, but I ended up writing a paper about her because we had to choose um, someone to write about, and obviously I just want to pick her. And the way I describe the metaphor I use for describing what I felt about being along for this ride with her was that it was like being her with every step she made, with every new innovation, with new elevation, that like you don't know what's gonna happen, like you don't know what exists until she shows it to you. It was like being it's like when you're how do I describe it? It was like being lifted, sort of like a hot air balloon, like you where you're being, you're slowly going upward and then there's fog and you're slowly seeing what's past the fog in like iterations, you know, like the fog clears and you see a new thing and then the fog clears and you see another new thing that you didn't know was there and it just keeps happening. It was like, it was like, there's these new places and feelings and innovations and, it's like she's a world you're discovering. Exactly. It's like, exactly. She was like showing us a different world, but slowly with each revelation. And that's, I still feel that way. Well, I feel like she talks about that at the beginning of the Enigma show. She talks about Enigma being the part of herself that she doesn't understand and that we all have things about ourselves that we're wondering about and learning about and that she's going on this journey to understand other parts of herself too, which I... I really admire about her. Like she, she with pop music helps us collectively have a bigger conversation. Like not many artists can say that. 
there's a, then in the middle of the enigma, she says, "My it, the 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 enigma is the voice inside of me, my little voice. I'll never not. I'm gonna always think about that. How like whatever this little <laughs> thing that's telling me, I'm just gonna tell it that it's an enigma. enigma. Like whatever you're telling me inside is just is just an enigma, enigma. 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 girl. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> okay, can we get into the Joanne of it all, please? I mean, oh, I'm just, yes, yes. I just love this record. So I, for me, this is like the Stevie Nicks moment of uh, yeah. a lifetime. It was, it's certainly like a tapestry moment. For mm-hmm. me, you know? mm-hmm. Yes. Did you love it when it came out? What was your reaction? Yes. <sighs> Part of me wonders if like, I'll ever not love something she does, but it was, it was the song Joanne that did it for me. Mm. It was that just simplicity and that record had such a simple and clear purpose, just working through like a piece of trauma and, you know, familial trauma. And that song just gutted me. I was just weeping when I first heard it. Take my hand, stay Joanne, Of that album too, but it's come to mama. Would you like? I love come to mama. Come to mama. That's like that's her mother monster moment. <laughs> so there's this joke. My friends and I have this joke that even it was during it's, this joke started during Born This Way. My friend Melissa one day talked to me and was like, "Is Lady Gaga old?" And I was like, at first I was so defensive. I was like, "No, she's so young. What are you talking about?" And then like I thought about what she meant by that. And I was like, you know what? She is old. Like there's just something about her that like, sometimes she was a 28 year old girl. And sometimes she was like a 70 year old woman. That's just like the, she's both things at the same time. And she's a 700 year old alien. She absolutely is. And come to mama for me is such an example of her being like, Come, come to mama. Like, it's like, it's very, it's like an older lady, you know? Yeah, like, <laughs> herself. Like, but, I, but this is, so of course, like, again, didn't know, but do know. Mama Monster, she created that whole thing. I mean, she created the whole naming. I mean, we named our fans on this podcast, and I didn't realize I was just a straight reference to that's just a straight reference to Gaga being like, I'm gonna name my fans. The one who did it it and the one who started it all, the one who started the Navy ships going to Rihanna's house. It's like absolutely that was good. That was Gaga. 
Gaga originated it, which is like, it's like such a control of the fan base is to be like, okay, here's kind of like, here's the rules of the fandom. We're weirdos, we're freaks, we're outsiders, we're monsters. I'm Mother Monster, you are my little monsters. When we get together in our church, I'm going to take care of you and lead you on a spiritual journey and that's going to connect us all. And it's like, wow, that is so such smart branding, such, you know, like not to be calculated on it, but no, also very beautiful, beautiful. like community building. It was also her, an example of her mastery of harnessing the internet when that wasn't so That wasn't so commonplace. I don't know if you remember the time, the period of time when she was the most followed person on Twitter. That was a thing for a while. Yeah. Yeah, That was a moment when it was an example of her savvy in terms Mm -hmm. of, figuring out how to tap into the biggest pools of fame and attention that you can get. And obviously I think she has seen, and we have all seen not just with her, but with all the, you know, tons of celebrities that what a double-edged sword that is, you know, she sort of started this like contained extreme fandom thing that has gotten pretty scary. Yeah. Okay, I have one more thing I want to say about Joanna okay, before we touch into fandom. I just like the key change. I know I've already talked about key changes, but in Sinner's Prayer, her doing those key changes is just everything to me. I- human being and remember i said like it it was helpful to have those certain things in your pocket as a fan to like pull out to like defend her if you needed to i felt like that was that whole album and the people she chose to collaborate with uh i loved getting to tell people that like when i was like oh she co-wrote this with father john misty or like did you know that she and (laughs) kevin parker from tame impala they wrote that together like that Florence is on this Florence album, and, you know, Florence. So it's just, yeah. Like those, <laughs> those things, like it added to her mosaic, you know, it added to her mosaic of like spaces that I can conquer and that you can lenses that you can see me through. If this is the one that you find most relatable. I just, have- I think it also shows that she likes to challenge herself artistically. I think she did that from cheek to cheek to Joanne to Chromatica 
And it showed that this earlier thing where she did say, I'm just, I'm famous. I want to be famous. This is the fame. I am the fame monster. Look at me roar. She's showing herself. She's showing us. I'm also an artist, you know, also through Star is Born. We have touched on Gaga before because we have a Star is Born episode. Please go back and download it. Everybody listening to this and give us a million dollars. But you know what I mean? Like she wants to challenge herself (laughs) as an artist. It's not just about making money and being famous. Yes. I think like that was her shtick that got her here, but that like once she had way more fame than she ever anticipated, like exactly. If the way she expresses and works through stuff is through creation and making art and music, then of course, like the experiences that she's processing and the, the issues, the traumas, the different, you know, stuff she's trying to unpack is going to make the the result so much way different than it was at the beginning. So I think it just makes perfect sense. I mean, it's just a testament to her talent that the genres and the styles are so different, but I think it makes perfect sense that like the tone and the emotional material is so vastly different. And I love that we're talking about like mosaics and paths. It makes me think of those, um, those cement like octagon, uh, yeah, mosaics, you know, where it'd be cement and then someone would crush up a plate and put them in. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're on our Lady Gaga mosaic uh, walkway Absolutely. with the broken like, up plates. Making a table for our, our port. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, then the next step and like in the next beautiful, uh, you know, uh, thing that she builds so logically is going to be, as we said, a star is born. And Oh, Nick and I saw this in the theaters together in New York. And what a high. What a fucking, like, kind of watching this queen develop into this uh, talent that you get to kind of see explode on the screen. It was so, how exciting was that? How emotional? Very. And it was also terrifying. Before, before the movie You're came scared. out, I was so scared like Ooh, i know you know <laughs> it was like if if this comes out and it's bad and she's bad in it like i'm gonna have to leave town like i don't know what i'm gonna do <laughs> like it, it, it was it was a, it was a scary thing just of like this there's a lot of pressure riding on this and because it, it got so hyped from from day one and like even as people started to seeing it and it started to premiere at festivals and it was like, you know, at Venice, it got that like 10 minute standing ovation. It was like. Her arrival at Cannes being everything. Yeah. In the universe. Yeah. Like, it, it, oh God, it, there was just a lot riding on it for me. <laughs> Doesn't just, it make you feel really vulnerable though? I really, because you feel like the thing yes. that you love is being exposed in this other light and you can't control uh, it. You don't know how it's uh, going to go. Yes, absolutely. It's like, it all is sort of feels like a reflection of me. It's like, if this is the person I, you know, the the basket I put all my eggs in and it's like, it better be a good one. And luckily it always is with her. But um, yeah, that movie was a huge deal. And I think just like the pinnacle of operation make Lady Gaga a living legend you know, like we had been working, we'd been with the mosaic, putting the mosaic in the octagon for a while. Um, 
but I think that's when it was like, and we're here. Like we all knew she was getting her Oscar that year. And it was just like, okay, best actress. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Who'd you go with to see it? I was with my, with my boyfriend. I I didn't want to be in a big group, to be honest, just a, in case it was, you know, a disappointment and B because I knew I was going to be like ugly crying a lot. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to like sort of (laughs) go through it the first time, you know, sort of alone. We watched all the Stars Borns right before going to see it and then went and saw it. And it was still, we were like, com- and we're not even Gaga super fans. We were completely bowled over and had the best time. And we're so, so surprised that she took us to that next level. I'm going to be real. I was surprised too. I did not know she had the acting, ch- those acting chops. I like, I knew she had the personality and I knew because Hotel didn't really tell us that. Exactly, exactly. Hotel had it was like elevated and campy enough where like, yeah, there was like some spitfire moments where I was like, oh yeah, like look at her go. She's a, she's ferocious, but I didn't know how. She wasn't a person. Yeah, like I didn't know how it would be when it was just like a human standing and, you know, communicating. And it was, it was beautiful. It was amazing. I think a lot of the, it says a lot about Bradley Cooper too. He really held her hand and, you know, created this, the type of space where she could do that. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean, song I wish was more of a bop? Cause I love, it's like probably one of, this is on my top four favorite Gaga songs is look what I found. So fun. I'm alone in my house. I'm alone in my house. And I, I, there's so many good songs in there that I do just feel like that album um, doesn't get I know, I love that, like, hard enough. That, like, that like, bouncy piano. It feels piano. like like Billy oh. Joel or something. It's like, yes, it's so good. And I'm like, that yeah. song kind of got swept under because that album's just chock full of good stuff on there. Like it's yeah, so many, so many hit songs on that record. Yeah, so good. Fuck. I. It's also. It's you. also sorry to bring it to bring it back to our diva again. It's a very similar move career wise to what Bet did. It's like about 10 years in the music industry and then make that movie choice, that first movie choice, so special and so big that you do get that Oscar nomination, that you do become instantly a movie star. And it's quite brilliant. Oh, it was such a good idea. I mean, I think we've, that was our breaking through to, okay, we've reached this new echelon. So I feel like that affects the choices we literally we make <laughs> for her career moving forward because you know I'm part of what. What do you want the next movie to be? Well, we know what the next movie is. It's what is it? She's shooting it. That's Gucci. why the doggies went missing. Because remember, that's Nick. That's why the doggies are were were, were left were left alone oh. with the dog walker. 
who, as we're taping, Lady Gaga's dog walker was just shot and the uh, dogs were stolen. Yeah. It's a Ridley Scott is directing it. It's oh. called It's about Gucci, the Gucci family. Lady Gaga is starring as Patrizia Reggiani, the ex-wife of Maurizio Gucci, who was tried and convicted for orchestrating his assassination. Fabulous. I love that. I love everything about that. It's so interesting because I was wondering if you could answer this question, Ben. Is she Italian? (laughs) You know, there's just no way to know. (laughs) Some things are just going to remain a mystery and we have to be okay with that. Young Italian American girl from New York. Is it, I'm Italian and from New York. Good, good Brooklyn Italian girl. Yeah, that's right. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm Italian. I was a strong Italian female. I'm a, uh, a strong Italian woman. Yes, well, I'm an Italian woman. So, you know, I'm Italian and, you know. I'm from an Italian family. Uh, immigrant Italian family. Strong Italian family. Close Italian family. I'm from a good Italian family. Very traditional Italian. I'm Italian. Well, I'm Italian. I'm Italian, so. I'm just an Italian girl. I'm an Italian girl. I'm Italian. I'm an Italian. So I'm Italian. But I'm Italian. I'm very Italian. I'm very Italian. I'm really Italian. Actually, I'm fully Italian. I'm Italian. I know. She's so coy about if she's Italian or not. She just really keeps it close to the the nest. You know what I mean? I was so funny because I wrote down the thing I want for her next movie. I was like, I want it to be crime, some kind of caper. I want it to be a bank robbery or maybe a con artist movie, but I like a murder movie. This is so she gets to be like a fabulous rich Italian woman hiring a hitman to kill this guy. Like, absolutely. She's going to thrive. Yeah, I think I I think too. I have okay. two ideas. One is not mine of what you could do next. One I got from a YouTube comment. <laughs> and I was like, I was like questioning if I should, but like, I don't know. I guess like Shout out to YouTube. Shout Thank out to you. YouTube and someone who wrote this because it's not my idea, but I think it's so fucking smart. Did you uh, do a James Bond theme song? <gasps> to be honest, oh, I'm shocked yes. that hasn't happened already. I know, I but to- isn't that such a good idea? Another Oscar. They love to give those people Absolutely. Oscars James Bond songs. Well, I think she was probably stung by her first Oscar snub. At least I was very stung by her oh, first for that documentary. Oscar snub. Yeah, when she when Till It Happens to You didn't win and that bad Sam Smith song won. That was a tough right. that was a tough one. Right. So I feel like that might have been a little bit of like a well, fuck James Bond songs after that. Maybe. I don't know. For me it was anyway. <laughs> Ooh. Another idea that I have is like, you know how Barbara Streisand, who also ran real quick with funny girl and did this musical really dramatic and then shifted to like farce kind of madcap comedies yes i could see like gaga in some kind of really tight curly wig just doing kind of a rat rats race running you know like yeah, like yeah. bizarrely heavily plotted with a lot of like fun acts like a lot of yeah, yeah i can see that and, i can see yeah, that would that be so I was cute. also thinking, like, what her big business movie would be. I mean, the second you said, oh, madcap comedy, I thought big business. Yeah. yeah. It's, I don't really want to see Adele do that. I love Adele, but I want, I would love a Adele Gaga like, duet. Buddy comedy. Yeah, I don't think Adele's really going to go there. I don't but... know if she even wants to, if she has those chops. I don't know. Well, I think you're right in a lot of what you just said, because, so we have, like, the prestige star is born Oscar bait. I think this is probably in that direction too. This Gucci movie is probably, you know, drama. Like I'm sure we'll 
provide her with some, you know, big emotions to chew on. But we know she has the comedy in her from when she hosted SNL and I was in the audience. Oh, wow. How was that? It was excellent. It was, it was really, really special. <laughs> it was so fun. And she was so fun. And that was during Art Pop is when she hosted SNL. And it was, it was just like so fun to see her not. I mean, for someone who does take themselves so seriously in ways that I think are relevant, but also to see someone who's able to not take themselves seriously and do things that are so stupid and hilarious. It was, it was really fun as a fan. It was super fun. I got it. What? Michaela Cole, Michaela Cole, Lady Gaga buddy comedy. I, okay. They rob okay. They do something. Okay. They do something together. When Nick and I can't think of something, we say Michaela Cole. <laughs> if it, if, if, if we, I add Michaela Cole Michaela. to it. Add Michaela Cole to whatever it is and it's going to be better. Uh, that's a true statement. Yes. So she went to Chromatica and she brought us back to her roots and she was like, I'm going to give you a full roots album. I'm going to, there's, you know, I think, I think I read somewhere the, the world of Chromatica doesn't have ballads. <laughs> and so like, that's why the album doesn't really have any actual ballads on it. Cause the world doesn't literally have that in there. Um, which I'm obsessed with. And so, I, again, so smart, so smart. A decade, she brings us back to this thing. She updates it. She updates it, and then she also kind of takes back from, to, goes back to the 90s house music thing. What possibly could she do next? I'm very curious about what could be the next proper album. Like, what would you think? And then we'll, we'll wrap up. I mean... I don't know, because she hasn't revealed it to us yet. Like, there's still fog over part of the landscape. You're, you're you know? flying. You're flying over the landscape, and you can't even see what the horizon is. It's, it's still foggy that far away, and she, when she reveals it to us, we will be so lucky. You so know? mote it be. So mote it be. And so it She could do anything. Pass. I feel like it depends she where she is. Like, she'll do a few movies. We'll see. Maybe she'll want to do another pop record, maybe she'll be like, you know what, I'm going to do a full, like, only, like, full rock and roll Metallica business. You know, who knows? It could be... When when it, when you're... When you stand someone who can go in any direction, mm-hmm. it, it, it's... It, you, ne- you never know what to expect. It's so exciting. I think that rock and roll is a really good call, though. Like a share... Like a share rock and roll moment. Totally. I would love to see. I would love to see it, too. Okay, okay, baby, can, I'm going to ask I, you. Are you ready for the final question? Okay. You want to do it? Yeah, you do it, baby. I always do it. Okay. Okay. So, Ben, I want you to just imagine right now that you are, oh, I don't know, in Union Square, and you're sitting, it's the middle of the night on a sidewalk, you're waiting for something very special, and all of a sudden, a cell phone is beamed down to you, and you are told the fog parts and you're told <laughs> that Lady Gaga's voicemail is on the other side of this phone. And you get to leave her a voice message right now. You can just speak directly to the mother monster. What do you say to her? I would say thank you for what you've given our community and what you've given me personally. And I would say, 
to take care of yourself. I feel like there's this underbelly. It's what the song replay is about. I think like this ravenous underbelly of fandom that is very taxing and costly on your psyche. And it's never enough. What she does is never enough for those people. She's never doing enough performances. She's not releasing enough videos. She's not doing enough interviews. Like they're never satisfied. And I feel like it, I think that leads to some of her, you know, mental health issues. And I would say to her, what you decide you're able to do and create and give us is enough. And we're lucky to have that. And don't let the outside pressure from ungrateful fans make you feel like you aren't contributing and you aren't creating enough and you're not innovating enough. What you are capable of in any given moment is the right amount and you're doing a great job. Mm. The fan taking care of the diva. I love it. I love that too. I love that. I love that you I love to love someone so much to say like, thank you for what you have. Don't stress yourself out. You know, like don't let other, don't let our projection of you burden your artistry. I, and I think that's what it is. I mean, I don't know if you saw any of her, um, Chromatica rollout interviews where she talked about a lot of the mental traumas that she was, was, and is working through with this, with that album. Mm -hmm. But a lot of that literally comes from inside the fan base. Mm -hmm. A lot of her like pressure and that line in replay, when she says you monsters torture me, that's literally a line in the song. I think, I think like, I don't know. I just think some people are very selfish and don't understand what, how large a psychic toll Ungrateful children have on their mother. On their mother. Another thing to see, another thing that we'll look towards that Gaga will guide us into the future because she really was our first internet kind of this superstardom where she was so intimate that she literally named her fans. Yeah. And could be in contact with them, you know, and like that's still uncharted territory. Now everyone is in contact. Do you know what I mean? You can follow anyone's private Instagram and, uh, this and that. And so now we, uh, we'll just look to Lady Gaga to see how to, how, how to navigate that terrain, that horizon. Another thing and she'll teach us. Because our fans are like that too. Our battle angels are oh, like honey, that. They're I had to change my address five times. Y'all, I didn't move five times. <laughs> honey. It's a, ben, um, thank you for coming on. We uh, love this. It's been so wonderful. I know, don't you feel so good? Doesn't it feel so good? Just to, just to rain uh, on me? It does. Just, you know, I've been holding it a lot in for a long time. It's good to just, <laughs> you know, it's been. Can you come back and we can talk about the Gucci movie together. Oh God, I would love it. Yes. Count we'll me in. Do a Gucci movie special. <laughs> All right, Ben. Thank you uh, so much. We love thank you. Thank you, Battle Angels, for listening. Um, go back and download old episodes. Follow Ben on Twitter. You won't regret it. He's so much fun. Um, like and retweet all of his amazing lip syncing videos that fucking crack me up every time. <laughs> um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and wherever and podcasts are free and just download it each week. We love you. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com front slash for the girls podcast, where there's an additional episode every Thursday. If you don't have enough of us on Tuesdays. Whoa. Whoa. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, rah, 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 rah. Bye, baby. This has been a bad romance, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. Bye. Bye.